Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Kaysen. With me on the show today, Debbie G and Neo Positivity. This is your daily dose of happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. Now, we're also happy because we got the full team back. We haven't had the full team here in quite some time, but Neo is here and Debbie G is here and our guest is here. We have a full screen. This is really, really cool. And then to make it even more cool than that, we've got thoughts become things squared. Because Neo <laughs> is all about thoughts become things. And our guest, Barry Nic- Nicolo, did I get that right? Uh, you almost there, Walt. Well, Nicolau, all good. Nicolau, I'm sorry. Nicolau. Right, all good, all good, all good. It's so, such a... Nicolau. Nicolau, it's, it's great. It's very, yeah. It's beautiful. It is oh, beautiful. Good. It really oh, is. Good. But, but Barry is all about the science behind yes. thoughts become things. Yes. So this is going to be thoughts become things squared cubed to the fifth power. I mean, you just pick it. It's going <laughs> yeah. to just accelerate from here. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. first of all, Barry, thank you for joining us from down under. Uh, what, what time is it there? It's like, it's like, you know, not really. A great time to be up, is it? We've got we've got six a.m. in the morning, but I think that's not too bad. It's it's we've got two little girls in the house that consistently listen to their father talk about how thoughts become things at this part of the day. So, ah, so, okay. <laughs> so it ends so up this being is not completely out of the norm, then. No, okay. it is not. It is oh, not. Well, it is good. not. My, well, my my wife has a lot of patience, though. I will say that. Yes, so. I'm sure you do too. Otherwise, you two wouldn't have who you have. Right? Yes. I mean, yes. that's part of the business. But well, anyway, th- thanks for joining us. Tell us a little bit about you and tell us a little bit about how you got into the science of TBT. Absolutely. And first of all, before I get to that, Walt, I just want to thank all of you here. Just, and for the people watching, thanks for taking the time out. Um, for, you know, you could be doing anything right now. And I just want to say thank you so much for having me on guys. And thank you so much for um, being in this space with me right now. Um, so just a quick synopsis of where I've come from and the epiphanies that have led me to what I'm doing today. So the year was 2015 for me, like it was seven years ago now. And I was driving to an appointment. I was in the shoe industry at the time. And I had a call in the car and my customer was saying, Barry, I need to, to delay our appointment an hour. Can you delay me an hour? And I'm like, no problem. I can delay us an hour. And the best thing to describe what happened next, guys, is my car steered itself. It felt like it steered itself into this beautifully appointed cemetery in the northwestern suburbs of Sydney. I don't know anyone that's buried there. I just, the car went in to kill the hour. Um, I get out of my car and I start walking amongst these gravestones. And, you know, you look at the gravestones, the sense of uh, mortality comes over your thoughts and and you start doing the maths in between the people, you know, people were died in a certain year and they, and they were born in a certain year. And you start looking at how old they were when they passed away. And, and you see people that were dying in their twenties and thirties and forties. It wasn't just people that were dying in their eighties and nineties. Like we all hope we're going to get to that older time of our lives and then pass away. People were dying at all times. And I was feeling this sense of, um, time running out in a funny way. Mm. So I went back to my car um, in a total state of surrender and in a total state of bewilderment because I wasn't quite sure if I was living a life that was true to me and living a life that was inspiring to me. It didn't, nothing that I did really lit me up inside, right? 
So I just leant against my car and this is going to sound a bit freaky and I don't, I've gone past how this sounds. I felt three words bombard me on a level that wasn't quite the communication that we're having today. It was a scary level that I'd never experienced before. Mm. And, and I'm thinking, wow, that was surreal. What just happened? Um, and those three words were live your life. Ooh. And I wasn't quite sure what that meant because at the time I was living my life. You know, I was earning good money. Um, I was looking after my family. It all felt like everything around me was, was, was settled, but there was this yearning in me. So then all of a sudden I, I went to my appointment. I went home that night thinking not much of it. And then at 3 a.m. I wake up with the word your glowing in my mind wow. as in live your life. Don't live a life based on somebody else's opinions of what they think you should be doing. Live a life that's true to your calling. And then I started writing. Um, I, I started writing at 3 a.m. in the morning about all the things that lit me up and all the things that got me excited about life. Um, and I started to just write and write and write. All of a sudden, this thing looked like a book. It looked like chapter headings. It looked like content that could be good for a book. And I wanted the the worlds of economic freedom and fulfillment to collide. It was all about having the money to, to have the time to do what you want. So money in and of itself is just a resource, right? But what money does is give you the time to be able to spend your time the way you want it to, the way you want to spend your time. So I, I found eleven areas that intersected those those two areas. And all of a sudden, guys, I had this manuscript, and I thought. I know no one in the publishing industry. Like, <laughs> I wanted to get this thing published. Who the hell do I know? I've got no friends that are authors. And this is how the universe works. I get this random message on Facebook saying, we publish books. If you have a manuscript, we'd love to hear from you. And I'm like, that's random. So I get in touch with John. We have a campaign on Amazon and we hit number one in six countries and 19 categories on Amazon uh, for my first book. And, and it, it became a clarity moment, guys. It became a moment of when you are on purpose and when you are on your path that God intended for you to live, the green lights happen often and they happen quickly. And I've, I've, I've absorbed this, this, this mantra into my own life. If something continues to be a struggle for me, or if I'm consistently up against red lights, I know that I have to shift my focus and I go where the current is flowing, where the river is flowing. And for me, it makes total sense. And I've got friends that live the opposite way. I've got friends that struggle against the current. And then they have success, but then the problem is they're struggling against the current for every single scenario in their life. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to struggle against the current every time. So for me, it's about looking at where the green lights are and, and just, you know, just like a river heading down a hill, you know, it'll find the path of least resistance for the water to head down. And I think that's the way we should also live our life, a, a place where God's saying, go this way, just whispering, go this way, go this way, go this way. And all of a sudden you're listening and you're, you're in tune and you just go that way. And all of a sudden the right people, the right circumstances, the right situations line up that match that frequency. That's a very long part of a short story. But, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know if that makes total sense, but yeah, that was my story that led me today. Well, I, honestly, when you were telling the story, what came yeah. to mind was Kevin yeah. Costner hearing yeah. a voice say, Write it and they will come. 
Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Field of dreams. Field of dreams. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just build that. Well, I have to jump in and say I agree with you. If it's not yeah. easy peasy, lemon squeezy, then you probably yeah. just aren't. It just when I relax and let go and allow, yeah. Yeah. surrender. Surrender is a huge, a huge Matthew. one. Yeah. When you go into yeah. the grace of life, the grace of beingness, and allowing that grace to envelop in you, and allowing yeah. that grace to be part of you, the fragrance yeah. of life. Yeah. yeah. Then it, yeah, it opens that up. I just yeah. experienced it. I just. I was mentioning before that we just, uh, we just are closing in a couple of hours. We just signed escrow papers on a, on a ranch. Okay, guys, listen, 20 acres and an artesian well. I mean, hello, boss. I'm your competition. So (laughs) nice, but you know, here it was that right there. Mm. Everything Mm -hmm. that you just said was exactly the process. I can't tell mm-hmm. you how it happened. Mm. I have really no clue. Mm. The money, the timing, the thing, the this, yeah. the that. Yeah. If it looked yeah. like a red flag, it was eliminated just as quickly as it came up. And I said, yeah. because it would come up, Barry, and you know what I'd say? Yeah. Surrender. It's, it's flowing. I, yeah. I, I'm, not about, I'm not even going to go there. But this was a true test. Yeah, yeah. And the other true test is saying that sacred yes. And Barry, that's what you've done. You said the sacred yes. You said go live your life. Okay, mm. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Mm. I think I think for us, um, I think for me, and Debbie, it sounds like for you, you have very similar experiences to me in the sense that when you put an intention out there, the, the, the very next thing most people do is they choke that intention with how is it going to happen? <laughs> Yeah, they do, right? They choke it. They're like, that was oh, kill it. That was it. Kill it. Let's kill this kill intention. It. Kill it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Totally. So I think I, the people that have success in having an abundant life that set, that feels like it flows, I think what they do and what I'm learning to do a lot better is setting an intention and then um, working towards it, but allowing life to 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 bring it to me at its right timing. And, and it's part of the process that I'm trying to learn is, is put an intention out there, work towards it, be gratitude, have gratitude for the journey, but then saying to God, for me anyway, saying to God, I trust that you've got the aerial view of my life and I've got the ground view and you can see a lot more from the plane than you can from the car. Right. And, and I trust that you know my life more better than I do. So I'm going to trust your timing better than I think that I know best, if that makes sense. And every time I've done that, and I don't know if everyone looks at their personal lives right now and look at the beautiful moments that have happened in your life, right? Just go back for the last 20 years and look at the beautiful, you know, Walt, you've had beautiful guests on and and uh, Neo, you know, you've got beautiful clients probably and Debbie, you've just done this amazing, you know, purchase of this ranch. And you look at the timing of when life has brought these scenarios to you. And for me, it's been perfectly timed. Like God knows, he knows that you are at that state of you can accept this blessing right now. So all of a sudden you let go of choking the intention and you move forward with love in your heart and with trust. And I think that's the big word because some of us want to trust, but then we kind of, you know, the left brain kicks in and we go, yeah, but how is it going to happen, Barry? Barry. 
and for me, I've I've surrendered to the timing of it. I'm 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 working towards things, but I'm not saying it has to happen by that date or it's not going to happen. That's why I don't like the deadlines. Yeah, I hate man. giving myself deadlines because yeah, in, yeah. in the weeks or months leading up to it, I'm yeah. stressing. It's you're, just yeah. not a you're good. Rushing it. Yeah. 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 But I was going to yeah. say, I think, I think a large reason why a lot of people struggle with just leaving it up to God or the universe mm. or whatever you believe mm. in mm. is because of the track record, the past. Mm. You know, you know how you can, you can name 10 bad things that happen to you real quick. But I tell you to name mm. some beautiful moments. You're like, Oh man, there's so many. And you can't, you can't really bring <laughs> yeah, them up. Man. Yep. Yep. And yep. it's like, yep. how can you lean on? How can you depend on? How can you have faith in? this being or essence or lifestyle when it's done X, Y, and Z to you and your grandma died, you got into that car accident in high school. Yeah. And so I, I think that's where a lot of people struggle with it because they don't have that vision. Yeah. They don't have the whole presence mixed yeah. with, you know, awakeness and all that. Go ahead, Debbie, go. I go. got it. I go. got it. Go. Because go. the universe is always conspiring in your favor. Even yeah. the, okay. Yeah. Our trust. Let's let's dive into that word. Trust yeah. being a word. If you came from any trauma, and we all mm, have in some mm, way, shape, or form, mm, trust mm. is like ah. But the trust is within yourself. Mm, trusting mm. that you have the knowingness, and you're going with that. Mm. But trust is something that it's like the word love. People yeah. hear love, and it's like their association. So it's going to be on the association of the ego mind and stepping into the frontal lobe of our connection, our heart connection, our mind heart connection. And yeah. once we do that, yeah. we can step forward. But the only way I've ever done anything is just love my life where it's at, period. Mm. Mm. You know, so, I'm well, setting the intentions my, and stuff, yeah. My question to you now is this, mm. to someone whose life is in the crapper, and they want to be able to quote unquote think like us. How do you get mm. them to cross over? I mean, you can't just say, you know, mm. you're the bomb, you know, love nah, yourself. Nah, nah, nah. They've been trying, they've been nah. trying that for the last 20 years. <laughs> no, they've been yeah. crying and need a way ambulance is what they need. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How do you pull them over to the bright side? They yeah, need to pull work. themselves over. <laughs> First of all, it's a journey of um, self discovery. I don't think, um, Listen, um, I've been looking lately at the at the constructs of motivation and inspiration. Motivation is someone wanting someone for you, something for you. Like Neo, you could want something for me, right? But if I'm not ready to accept that, mm -hmm. I'm not ready to jump right now. I understand what you're saying, and I think you're right, but I'm not ready, right? So that's motivation. Inspiration is an idea that I get a hold of inside of me, and I take that idea where it needs to go. So in, in, inspiration is an, is, is an inside job. Motivation is an outside job. That's why motivational speakers consist. You have to keep going to motivational speakers because it doesn't last long. <laughs> like the motivation, you get home and then the kid's screaming at you and you remember your trauma and you remember how bad things are. And all of a sudden, you're back in the hole again. Yeah. So for me, when I speak to people that consistently have bad experiences, I always bring up an Einstein quote that just gets us thinking um, about the direction we want to live our life. And this Einstein quote is probably the least known quote because everyone really knows Einstein for his scientific pursuits, uh, the theory of relativity and what have you. But Einstein had this beautiful way of um, being a philosopher on our thoughts. And he had this quote. And if you have a pad and pen out, and if you're listening, consider this quote, right? 
Einstein actually said, he said, the most important decision every human being must make, like the number one decision you have to make is whether you believe that you live in a hostile universe or whether you believe you live in a friendly universe. Now That's you've got to make that. Einstein I love it, that one. It, it is the best fault, right? And, and the way to start your day and your week and your month and your year is by considering that statement every morning you wake up and you say, well, do I believe this is a friendly place or do I believe that this is a hostile place? Now you will experience events. If we all catch up for dinner, and we're in a situation where we have six people on our left and six people on our right, and then six people on our left say, Barry, the world's a toxic place. And let me tell you why. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They will give you seven examples. They will talk about Ukraine. They will talk about COVID. They will talk about their trauma in their past. They will talk about all these, and all these things are true, right? Mm -hmm. And the people on my right will say, well, Barry, the world's a friendly place. And let me tell you why. One, two, three, four, five, six, you know, people getting saved, babies being, babies recovering from cancer, marriages getting back together, liver transplants that are happening that we have no idea about because we're not privy to those little beautiful acts that are happening every day, right? And those people will argue for the friendly universe. And then you sit there and you think to yourself, holy crap, who is right and who's wrong? And you come to the realization that they're both right. 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 So they're both living experiences based on their perception of reality. And life is saying, well, if you think the world is a toxic place, I'm going to agree with you. Here's more scenarios that support that viewpoint and the same for friendly. So when people, to answer your question there, when people are coming from a traumatic space, postulate that, do they believe? And they might actually say the world's a toxic place at that point. And you know what? They might have to sit with that for a while. And they, and then after they sit with it for one or two or three weeks or four months or whatever it is, they will eventually come back to the light and go, well, you know what? Since this traumatic experience, the one thing I've learned is that the people around me are precious and that life is precious and that I want to give love more. I don't want to hate anymore. I don't want to hate myself in particular. And I'm going to try my best to show more love because the person that's passed away, or that, that has hit me really hard, I think that's what they would want. They would want me to live a life based on love and, and acceptance and forgiving and gentleness and kindness and joy and these beautiful attributes. And I want to be a beacon for that. So all of a the sudden, they you do turn around. I've, I've tried to force people from ultimate negativity to ultimate positivity, and i got news for you. It doesn't work. People, people choose the right timing. You can assist. Like you can kind of say, I'm here when you need me and I've got the tools when you're ready. But every time I've tried to force something through, just like business and life and marriages, if you think about forcing something through, you might have temporary success, but it won't be long-term success. And I think that's life interjecting, saying, trust that the flower opens when it's ready. You can't force a flower to open because you think it should open. So nature has a way of, time eventually making it beautiful and i think human beings because we're so smart uh we think that we know better and we try to force things through and i think life for a lot of us slows us down and gets us to see the beautiful moments in life that are right in front of our eyes that we're neglecting because we've gone through such traumatic traumatic experiences i don't know if that answers any questions but um 
Well, you just hit on the field of dreams, so you're doing good. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, it's, it's I, I'm just enamored. I am completely, completely enamored and yeah, absolutely yeah. am appreciating you tremendously. For one, mm. who are we to think that somebody's not where they should be? Exactly. Mm. That's judgment, right? Straight well, away. Well, it is, and I'm a judgy. Mm. I can be judgy, but when I am, mm. I ask mm. myself why. And I also love how that you, if, if, mm. if, you know, they're not wanting, you know, if you're, if they're asking, if they're, if they've asked, if they've asked and made a request and said, Hey, mm. you know, I'd like your input. Mm. I usually just let them tell their story and then ask this yeah. question. Ready? How's that so, working for you? That's what I, oh my goodness. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, I always, Barry, you might not know this, but I always have this shirt on. I have 90 of them. There's one on the wall. I always have this shirt on and I'm a walking beacon of this. And Love in that it. situation, I walk away from people and I point at my shirt up and down. And I go, let me know how that works out for you. Yeah. And I just walk yeah. away. I let yeah. them marinate with that. No, you can't force it on people, although you might try with your parents. Because we <laughs> <laughs> and and listen, I'm still gonna I'm still gonna force it. Um, <laughs> but I that's why I wear this shirt. This is yeah, my love secret it, way of forcing it on everyone that looks at me at the Walmart, yeah, at the yeah. Wawa, and it's written on the side of my car. This is it. This is my way to slam it in your face. It is, man. I love it. Yeah. I'll, and by the way, send me a shirt because I'll, I'll definitely wear that. And I'll, and, I'll, and I'll promote you, man. <laughs> I got you. It costs um, like $9,000 to send it to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Overnight, it'll be, please. It'll be there in 2024. <laughs> I always love the fact that you have yeah. the, the font so big. I mean, it takes up the entire front of the shirt. You can't no miss mistake. it. Oh, no. oh, here's the best. Barry, written on the back is my website, just as neopositivity.com. Yeah, I'll have to change yeah. that part. His? <laughs> no, your best is, oh my, yeah, just no, change that part. No, I'm putting best. a QR code right on the back because everybody Love wants it. to say, everybody wants to take a picture of the front of my They're shirt. They're going to be like, walking Ooh. up to you going, hold yep. still. <laughs> you know, I'm and that's, a, to get, you are that's a manifestation towards the future of, Love you it. know, just everywhere it. you go, the pictures are being snapped. You know, cause that's it. what, that's what comes with being the voice of the thoughts became the thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've accepted yeah. that. So I gotta, I gotta see that ahead of time. I love what you said about the aerial view versus the mm -hmm. ground view. I'm a pilot. So that really hits home for me. Yeah. Um, right. Okay. Yeah. And there's still, what? oh man, what does this say? I can't even read, read my would, own hand struggle. Can I jump into the thoughts become things and, mm -hmm. and let's, let's take a dive into our beliefs mm -hmm. that become things. Yeah, our absolutely. beliefs that create those thoughts mm. that create those things. Absolutely. Our, so our belief must be in check. So our thoughts are in check. You know, what yeah. is our true? What is, I think the question would be, mm. what is, what is your belief? Do you believe that you are worthy and deserving of this mm. greatness? Mm. I absolutely do. I know. I know mm. that I know, but it took me a long mm. time to know that I know, mm. Mm. but that's and maybe. Yeah. Sorry. Go. Sorry. Oh, I was just, I was just going to say, you know, mm -hmm. our belief systems, making sure mm -hmm. like you really do. I love mm -hmm. taking that deep dive inside and asking Absolutely. yourself, mm -hmm. do I really feel this? Cause a lot of people think I'm doing all these manifestation things and I'm doing this yeah. and I'm doing that. But if their belief isn't in alignment with their thought, yep. there's, yep. there's a missing, there's a missing piece because yeah, they yep. can't connect. 
Absolutely. And that's so, just God, God is speaking through you right now, Debbie. Yeah. He's yeah. speaking through you. This is one yeah. of the things I've been working on big time in the past 48 to 72 hours. Yeah. And the fact that you just said that was, to me, it was a universal reminder for one to get back on my game and that mm-hmm. we really should touch on this subject because well, it has been key. We all do. This, this is yes. day to day, right? Everybody's it has that. been key and critical to the last two weeks of my life. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you guys that with the tour bus and everything, but mm-hmm. it was all based off of what you're talking about right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, isn't it? Because um, I think people, um, first of all, I think there's a few things to talk about. The, the first thing is um, regarding the law of attraction, um, people have come to me in Sydney, Australia, and, and online as well from the US and from Spain, funny enough. And they're saying to me, I've used the law of attraction once. I've tried to manifest once. It didn't work and I abandoned it. And I kind of go away from that conversation having a laugh to myself because you are attracting 24 seven. You're not attracting, like, you're not attracting when you're asleep. That's probably the only time. Like when you're asleep, you're not attracting. You can't be, a man cannot be responsible for his thoughts when he's asleep right? Dreams will come in, dreams will go out and you have almost no say. But I almost, let me pause you in there real quick. I've always been under the impression that when you're sleeping, you're having thoughts and emotions too. So you're watering seeds. So that's what made, yeah, yeah. That's that's what made me really want to work on what I'm thinking right before I go to bed. Cause I'm like, that's eight hours worth of watering seeds. I don't want to be happy. So I hear you say that and I'm like, wait a minute. I need yeah. to hear where you're going with that because I'm just nah, missing. I need well, to add it to my tool belt. No, all good, all good. Um, and and I guess the good thing about this chat is you can take away parts of it that you feel is relevant for you because mm-hmm. a lot of people won't be at the stage of understanding this. A lot of people would be. Um, but what I was just quickly going to say is that you are manifesting 24-7, right? And every thought and every scenario and every person in your life is assisting you in creating the life that you want and the influences Collective in energy. particular, right? And then I ask myself and the people that I coach once a month, um, I look at two areas of their life with regards to belief, Debbie. You were talking about belief. The first part is habitual thoughts. So thoughts that continue to just manifest because they've always been there, right? Like habits, thoughts and habits that combine. And I've always thought this way. I'm always going to think this way. And this is who I am. And for that type of person, it's very, very hard to introduce a new paradigm to be able to say, well, did you think about it this way? Or Debbie, like you said, you know, how is that working out for you sort of thing, right? So it's really, really important to look at habitual thoughts. The other area that's very, very difficult to try and transcend transcend is inherited thinking, which is essentially generational thinking that gets passed down from great-grandparents, grandparents, parents, Mm -hmm. and then hits you, right? Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of those thinking practices are good like honesty and and value-based thinking and respectful thinking. But what we also have to consider is that our grandparents and great-grandparents didn't necessarily have the clarity of thought with regards to how thoughts become things that we have today. So what they've done is they've taken all of their fears and all of their um, inherited thinking practices themselves and they've passed it down to their children. And, And a lot of that fear has been just embedded in our biology. And all of a sudden you have children, your children have very, very similar fears to you. And what do you say to them? Be careful. Don't start that business. Mm. Don't do that. Don't buy that house. It's too expensive. Be careful. What if you can't afford the mortgage? So all of a sudden there is this inherited and you think, oh, yeah, I shouldn't do that because I don't want to lose out in life. I won't go for that dream. I'll stay in that secure job. 
and I'll keep mum and dad happy and I won't really fall down sort of thing. And that inherited thinking belief gets passed down. Yes. Now, I had to have a very honest conversation with my mum. This was about a year ago. And I said, mum, I love you so much. You always open with a positive, guys, all right? <laughs> I love you so much. Um, a lot of the stuff that you've passed down to me, it scares me that I can't make decisions in my life that I really want to make. And I need you to know, mum, that first of all, I love you. But second of all, I've got to leave that stuff behind because I can't live the life I want to live based on your fears. And and mum understood, but she was also a little bit offended because mm-hmm. she's like, well, I'm just trying to protect you, Barry. I'm just trying to protect mm-hmm. you. Like, there's this parental instinct to protect our children. But we all know, and science has proven, that unless we fall down, that we cannot gain the wisdom to make better life decisions in the future. So the parent that consistently picks up their children every time they fall, that child will never learn to pick themselves up when they're an adult. So how do we let our children fall and learn to pick themselves up? Now, being Greek, um, the whole culture is centered around making sure that we support each other and we pick each other up when times are tough. And that's great to a degree, but we, I never, our culture has never learned to, to teach self-reliance, which is relying on your own thoughts and feelings and understandings and wisdom to be able to get up on your own and then be a beacon of light to other people who also might need to get up on their own and, and, and end up not being codependent as much on life, right? And I think this is why I teach self-reliance is because there, there has to be a sense inside of you to be able to know that God has given you the most amazing faculty with the choice of thought and the amazing minds that we have. God has given us these faculties. Now, Neo, it's the ultimate checks and balances, man. Like you've got choice of thought and you've got choice of life direction. And if you're not experiencing, if people aren't experiencing the tangible reality that they want, well, man, maybe it's something that's going in here that's giving us mixed experiences in life. And and this is something that I've really delved into in my next book. Um, the subconscious mind must show you the physical representation of your truest beliefs. It has to. And if you look at your mind right now, and if you look at the scenarios that are working out for you right now, like the law of attraction is in your favor and you're manifesting, man, all those things in your mind are truisms. They are believed to be true by the subconscious mind. And the subconscious mind then looks for scenarios that match those thoughts in the tangible world. So you see people that live this great life and the, the, the first part of it is that they believed it was possible. They just believed it was possible. And then life's gone, okay, Barry believes that earning a million dollars a year is possible. The next mate, I've got a friend who believes he's worth 60000 a year. So all of a sudden, life goes, well, a million dollars a year, that's too much for that person. That person goes, how can you earn that sort of money? You must be dishonest. And you think to yourself, no, I just know that my worth and my opinion of how I can assist others is worth that. And all of a sudden, life has no bias. It doesn't say, well, Barry, you're not worth that. It just says, yeah. here you go. He, he, here is the answer to what you want. So it's just, can you elevate that thought into trauma and into relationship? Can you find that 
beautiful, perfect partner, that, that person that understands you, can you? Yes, you can. You just have to believe that they're out there. Can you heal from cancer? Oh, yes, I've read books of people that have healed from stage four cancer. I, I spoke in Sydney uh, a month ago, and I had about 200 in the room, and this man stood up and he said, I have a book, and I'm thinking, where is this going? And he's healed himself from stage four cancer through nutrition, exercise, and mindset. And he, he didn't take any chemotherapy, and he stood up in front of my crowd and he said, I want you all to know this is possible. I want you to know that this is possible. And and you get people in the room that are laughing at him and you get people in the room that are thinking about it and you think to yourself, well, if we need one beacon of light like that to let us know that something is possible, mm-hmm. all of a sudden it becomes probable and you start looking for scenarios that match that type of outcome and I guarantee you the right people, the right circumstances, mm-hmm. the right situations come across your path that match that mindset but you've got to believe it. If you're at if you're at fifty one percent doubt and forty nine percent belief, I'm letting you know your doubt will win the day because doubt is very very powerful. But if you can you're be at ninety percent belief and doubt is still going to have a stronghold yeah. over you. <laughs> well, it won't have as much, man, because um, yeah. for me, if you're at, if you're at ninety percent, you've already surrounded yourself with the right people, surround people, books, scenarios that you know. But for me, I need to get to 51. Like, if I just think something's possible, I'm like, yeah, I can buy that. I can buy that, Barry. I can buy that. That's a true thing. All of a sudden, my mind now clicks over to, I wonder how that would work out for me. I wonder the million ways in which life can show me that that's true. And all of a sudden, people, scenarios, circumstances that I can't know from my limited ground view, I cannot fathom the million ways that life can give me what I want. I can't fathom that, man. So I trust that to a higher power. And all of a sudden, you know, I've been on, just to give you an idea, I've been on 40 podcasts this year. And last year I was on none. Like zero. And and I think, how is this happening? And it's like God goes, well, Barry, you're at the right level in your time, the right thinking that people might want to hear your message. And I've trusted that. And all of a sudden, you know, it's it's working out in a way that, is beautiful. And I think that's, you have to take that philosophy to all parts of your life, not just in one aspect. Um, we've all seen Star Wars, right? Before, before you keep going with Star Wars, I just want to, yeah. I, I would love yeah. to just jump in. I'd like to visit yeah. a couple of things you've said. Please. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. they were so awesome. Being a mother of 30 <laughs> and a 34 year old. Yep. Understanding this, and I learned it from Wayne Dyer. I, oh, I love Wayne. <laughs> Seriously, he was the most amazing human. He's my hero, actually. He, he said, okay, y'all remember when he talked about during the, during pregnancy, you're just being done. Yeah. There's no doing yeah. happening. No. You're just no. being done. Yeah. And then the birth happens and the parents go, oh, thank you. I've got this yeah. from here. Yeah, man. Yeah. And, yeah. and so, and then the doing steps yeah. in. So I love that you had that conversation. By the way, great emotional intelligence, letting somebody know we're going to have a tough conversation. You may not love it, but I need to express myself. Mm, mm, and mm, and that's mm. that's beautiful. Also, mm. you were making reference to 
being an inspiration and how that mm. others are inspire us, like the gentleman in the audience that, that mm. stood mm. up and said, Hey, I've got this book and I, you mm. can be cancer. Mm. Well, you know, they didn't know. I don't, I'm going to botch this. I don't know if it was a four minute mile or not, or maybe it was a three <laughs> and I have no clue, but I will tell you, was it four? the four yeah. minute mile? Okay. Neo, do you know the story better than I do? You probably do. Roger Bannister. Yeah, so right. Said he yeah. couldn't do it. You know, for said years it was it. supposed to be like literally against the laws of physics for a human <laughs> to be able to yeah. do that. Like yeah. seriously, they did yeah. it like that. The same way when they were like, "There's only 20 elements, and there can never be more." A year later, yes. there were 36. There can never be another one. And two years later, there was mm-hmm. 94. It's kind of like that. But and yeah. since then, they've gone on, and they got limits that they just keep breaking, and they, they keep just saying. Keep breaking they yeah. keep saying no one will beat the three minutes and ten yeah. seconds. And yeah. But they new, did. It's it's just, every year somebody new comes out of college that's just killing it. Mm. And <laughs> really still, they yeah, still on, say so. it over and over again. Yeah, this coffee is, done, no coffee done, coffee no done. No one beat this, and it's just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, come yeah. on, man. That's it's really interesting because Bannister Bannister beat it by like he was just in the millimeters, like in in the. Oh yeah, it was really really close. Yeah. And if you look at today, I think over thirty thousand people have broken the 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 four minute mile. And guess what? I think the person that's beat it the most is by 14 seconds. <laughs> so we, we're talking a substantial amount of time. We're not talking millisecond. So, so we get to a point where we realize that if someone has a belief and if someone has done something, what our mind does is we say it's now possible. Now and then possible. we get to a level. Yeah. I love that. I want to, I want to ask you about something. Share something with you. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I'm hopefully it works. You can oh, see sorry. this. Sorry, cuts out. Yeah. Expectations now, create your reality. I did this presentation and a portion of the way through, I stop here. Um, and this is what the slide looks like. And I tell people, if you say something out loud, you know, if you say it enough time, your brain starts to entertain it. And the more you say it, you'll start to get ideas of how it could come true. I get a rich uncle that I never heard of that died. It gives me a million dollars. You start to come up with ideas, but the more times you say it, the ideas get better, like doable. And as the ideas get better, you actually start to believe that it could happen. This actually could happen to me. That belief more and more of that turns into confidence. Your confidence dictates your expectations and your expectations is what creates, creates your realities. And so when you were saying that earlier, I was like, oh, man, I got to pull this slide up and show them how I do that. It's funny because the next slide is from Will Smith. And Walt, you'll be able to appreciate this. I'm dyslexic, but I'm going to give it a shot anyway. Our thoughts, our feelings, our dreams, our ideas are physical in the universe. That if we dream something, if we picture something, it adds a physical thrust towards realizing that we can put it in the universe. So I love that. Big time. Let me turn this off. Mm. I never thought of that. Like, I never thought of it like that before. Like Mm. the way he just explained Mm. it, a physical thing that maybe I can't see because I can only see certain frequencies. A physical thing is thrusting outward. It has to cause some kind of ripple. And for years I've been coaching and teaching people and it feels good to add that now because that was like something I was always trying to reword to get it out better. So I love Mm. that. I just wanted to share that. Mm. I love it. Love it. Absolutely. Um, and hasn't Will Smith been through a lot lately, hey? No kidding. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no listen, kidding. every no now judgment. and then, every now and then, somebody needs to get slapped. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Some people just don't listen. I'm not saying Chris just Rock needed it at that moment. <laughs> I'm not saying that, but that yeah. was necessary. But I'm saying sometimes it is necessary. 
Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because, um, you know, when we look at the science, how thoughts become things, like for me, the left brain had to work in tandem with the right brain, with the right side of my head, because um, I'm logical in some respects, but I'm, um, I let my mind go wild with imagination sometimes as well, like we all do. Uh, and if you're open to it, I can let you know of the research that I've been doing on the science. I don't know, Walt, if you're interested in looking sure. at the science or not. Yeah, sure. Um, and and this is really cool if you wanted to write this down and kind of um, um, understand from matter to energy, mm-hmm. pure energy. So if you look at if you look at your skin and bone, right? So you look at matter. Um, so you look at your hand, or if you touch the arm of your partner or your mom or your family member, and you go, "Well, Barry, they're real. I can touch and feel them. I can touch and feel them." Right? Mm-hmm. If you take a microscope to matter to 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 matter, to actually skin and bone, you get cells, right? Now, we all know that. And if you go down further still into cells, you get molecules. Mm-hmm. You go to a doctor and you say, what's inside molecules? And they say, well, atoms are inside molecules. You go down further still, and if it's a smart doctor, they'll say that, well, inside atoms, there are these little things called subatomic particles, right, inside. So we now are delving right down inside the human body and you you go you want to know more and you want to know where your source is and you want to know how your thoughts um and you think to yourself how where what on earth is inside subatomic particles Mm -hmm. and if you look further still what you see are these little things called quarks q-u-a-r-k-s you can google them quarks now if you observe a quark under an electron microscope what you see is that the molecular structure of quarks change just through observation just through looking at them they will shift molecular structure and then you think to yourself this is incredible because you know this this little quark is not staying stagnant it's actually shifting right before my eyes and then the next logical question is what makes quarks shift molecular structure (laughs) and the answer is thought thought shifts quarks that shifts subatomic particles, atoms, molecules, cells, and then physical matter. So when we say thoughts become things, and when we look at the world, the tangible world around us, and we look at the microphones we're talking on and the chairs we're sitting on and the screens that we're looking at and the houses that we live in, you start to realize that everything was once a thought in someone's head that took itself to a drawing board that took itself to a production facility, that took itself to a retail store that we purchased from. Yes. So that that retail store purchase was once, if you go right back to the food chain, just like we can in the body and go right back to quarks, we can draw it right back to someone's thought that they said to themselves, this is needed in the market, I'm going to produce this. And that thought came at the right time with the right divine influence, with the right passion, with the right purpose inside that individual that produced what it was. So if that's true and we can feel the chairs we're sitting on as real and we can feel our skin as matter, then why can't the future that we want to materialize operate in the same way? And it can because the chair that we're sitting on didn't exist 10 years ago. So it was a thought in someone's head then. So all of a sudden we start thinking, what sort of house do I want to live in? What sort of, uh, how do, how will it feel when I'm cancer free? 
how will it feel when um, the relationship that I want, when that person that totally understands me and I totally understand them, how will that feel in my cells? What would we talk about? What are the fights we'll be having? And that's the key to a relationship as far as I'm concerned is can you quarrel well? Can you <laughs> fight well and then get back to love quickly? Well, effective argumentation is a brilliant strategy in relationships. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. It's a, yeah, yeah I completely yeah. agree with you. I love what you're talking about because Thanks, the first Megan. thing that popped in my head was Dr. Emoto. Dr. Emoto in Japan did the study and I actually just took a second because I want to show everybody that what you're talking about and those mm -hmm. that are just listening on the podcast, what mm -hmm. I'm going to show and look it up, Dr. Emoto, water, mm -hmm. the water experiments. Because if you guys look at this, oh, it covered us all up. Thank you, wisdom. Look, like pretty, pretty snowflakes. Mm. But the ones that say you make me sick, evil, polluted water, mm. polluted water, and then polluted water after prayer. I mean, just take a look. Mm -hmm. The molecular structure of water holds memory. Correct. We yes. are how much water? 70% water. Yes. So put the two together and voila, <coughs> your, your explanation of the molecular matter is shifting is mm, by mm. our thoughts is a hundred percent. I believe true. Mm, mm, if mm, this is mm. happening to water, why, why, why couldn't this happen to us? Mm. Mm. You're spot on Debbie. You're hundred percent. And you know, what's interesting. Um, the people that I influence, um, online and through my talks, um, when it comes to belief and when it comes to making decisions based on that belief, right? I could be talking to a room of a hundred people and I don't know where everyone's at right, in their personal lives. But one thing I go in with the mindset, the first thing I, I, I chuck a bit of an Oprah and I say, divine, use me in the right way to get the right message out to the right people. Like use me as a vessel, right? That's the first thing that I say internally. The second thing that I say is um, I look at my life and I think at 10, I make a life-changing decision at, at 10, Right. Um, and it could be a great decision like leaving an abusive relationship or going for that dream job or starting that business or eating healthy or getting more sleep or whatever it is, right? At 10, people make that decision. I don't know if I'm speaking to a room of threes, sixes, ones, nines, eights, zeros. I have no idea who I'm speaking to in the room. But one thing I know for sure is that when I leave that room, everyone goes up a number. The sevens go to eights, the nines make decisions, the zeros go to ones, the sixes go to sevens. Everyone goes up a number. And isn't that the point of our life? That if we have a certain belief of people being kinder to themselves and manifesting from a place of joy and love, isn't the point that when we experience them in, in, in life that we, we shine that light in them, like to, 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 to let them know that it's possible. Like that's our job. And it's not just about being on a stage in front of hundreds or thousands. It's about the barista at the coffee shop that needs to know that he made a damn good coffee. Mm -hmm. Like that's at the, the petrol services. Like I make it a habit to thank service people because no one does. And it could be the checkout person at the local supermarket or it could be the petrol service assistant. They got to know that they are awesome and they're doing an awesome job because you then, you then, you're fueling them to make courageous decisions on their own life. And, and for me, there's no nicer place to live than that because there's then all, you end there's up. There's also a side benefit that goes with that too. 
because I yeah. do that same thing. And the side benefit that I found, much to my surprise, I shouldn't have been surprised, but I was a little little surprised yeah. by it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I found that the more that I did that, the better I felt. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it, right? then it comes back at you. Yeah. That's yeah. And you, and then somebody awesome. compliments you on something. You're like, yeah. Oh, can I, can I, absolutely. Um, I just want to quick tell you a very, very quick story. Um, I got mentioned in the Oprah magazine, uh, two years ago and it was all about law of attraction nice. stories. Nice. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this very, very quick story and it, it illustrates how the universe works, right? So I took our Jeep. We have a Jeep. We took it for a service at the local service center, right? So as I drive my car into this service center, um, the man behind the counter said, Barry, this is the major service. It's going to cost you $800. And uh, after a sigh of, oh, my God, okay, that's <laughs> fine. We want our car to run. Um, he sl- I slide my keys over the counter, and he gives me uh, the areas of the car that I'll be working on. I go and stand at the queue to catch the bus into town because I want to kill the next three or four hours. So I took my laptop, and I took the bus into town, right? As I get off the bus, I see a homeless man on the ground with his dog. This dog had no teeth. So you can imagine what the dog's been eating, right? Mm. No teeth. And I had $35 in my pocket. I had $35 cash. I had a 20, a 10, and a 5. And I thought, whatever I pull out, I'm going to give him. So I just I reached inside, and what do you think I pulled out? The $20 note, not the 5 or the 10. <laughs> of the course. 20. Of course, how the universe works. So I get on my knees and I say, sir, this is for you. Uh, I don't really care what you do with it. I just want to give, right? And he had a huge smile on his face. I go to walk away and a gust of wind that felt like it was centered on my pocket (laughs) and the 5 and the $10 note came out of my pocket, swirled around above us and landed at his feet. And I thought, that's awkward because that was my lunch money. (laughs) Right? So I thought, Barry, what do you do here? So I thought, you know what? Namaste, God. I love you. Thank you for the sign. I gave him the $35. And I just said, listen, this is for you. Um, I went inside the shopping center. I had a coffee, did some work, felt clarity and love like I have never felt in a church. And I have never felt um, at an organized religious event. I felt in line with God. And I know $35 is not huge, but but the essence of the energy is. Mm. So anyway, um, get a call from the car dealership. Barry, your car's ready to be picked up. So I hop on the bus and I go back to the Jeep dealership. I tell the story of the homeless man and the $35 to the bus driver because there was only him and I in the bus. And Gus, the bus driver, was saying, Barry, you know, that's an exciting story. The law of attraction, yes. He said, my wife ends up using it, blah, blah, blah. So we had a lovely chat in the car. I go back to the car dealership, the same guy that slides my keys over the bench. And he says, Barry, we've changed this. We've we've changed your oil filter and your fuel filter. And we've rotated your tires and all these. Anyway, and here's the bill. The bill was for $398. And stupid me, I said, no, 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 no. You must be mistaken. Mine was $800, right? And he looked at me and he goes, I remember you. I remember the major service and I remember charging you. I said I was going to charge you $800. He said, Barry, he said, 
The computer's charging you $398. That's all I'm going to charge you today. <laughs> and that's when the penny dropped, that the homeless man and the Jeep dealership were connected by an energy force that I can't quite see or explain at that point in my reality. That story got me mentioned in the Oprah magazine two Christmases ago. Nice. And, and it highlighted to me that when you are of service with no agenda, this is the key. You can't be manipulative and say, if I help Neo, Neo might help me out later. It's bullshit. Sorry for swearing, but it's not true. You've got to be the kind of person that gives from a sense of kindness and joy and giving, regardless of anything that comes back, because it's who you are. And then life, at that moment, life says, well, Barry, how can I help you? And how can I, how can I be of service to you? And that's when a- miracles I- happen. I was going to say, I could see a whole bunch of people right now listening to this and they're like, oh, that's why I'm not rich yet. Because <laughs> you know? well, I'll tell you two things. One, that's the law of reciprocity, yeah. period. Yeah. The law of reciprocity is that doing things with no no agenda other than no to agenda. just yeah. just yeah. do them. And it's a true test, too. You can't mm. give and think, okay, I'm going to like, I'm, I'm going to give some to this one, some to that one. So mm. I double down. Mm-hmm. You're mm. not doubling down. You have to truly show up for mm. the human, for the human. And I also love that if you sit with the person, you're, if you see somebody who's homeless and you're spending time mm. with them, mm. Mm. I love that too, because mm. it's about humanity. It's about the mm. connection of oneness and unity and the fact mm. that we're not separate by anything other than our belief systems. Mm. Mm. And, but our heart is always connected. Yeah. And yeah. when we are, are in that space of, of reciprocity, mm. well, we always are. It doesn't matter. The law of reciprocity just is. It's a law of the universe. So you yeah. decide by your actions what yeah. you're going to do and what you're going to receive. 100%. Now, and I am fully there. I've done many things that just because I was drawn to, the thought would come in my mind. It used to, God, I can't really, I can't really do that right now. I would, mm-hmm. then I would think, you can't not do that right now. Yeah. You're always mm-hmm. taken care of. Shut, yeah. shut. I would tell myself, shut. <laughs> Quiet, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I love that. And also Neil, Neil Donald Walsh, who yeah. in conversations with God, he mm. talks about the time that that somebody walked up to him and really one of his fans really wanted to go into his seminar, and they're mm. like, I really, really want to see you, but I don't have the money. Blah blah blah. And he goes, Well, how much money do you have, Neil Donald? To the guy, and he guy says ten cents, and he goes, Okay, what I want you to do is go give whatever money you have to somebody else. Mm, mm, he mm, goes, but mm. I really, but that's not going to get me in. He goes, that, that's all he said. A year later, the guy shows up. He's making money. He's like a real estate guru. He's wow. killing it out there because he understood the lesson. Mm. And and it is within the law of reciprocity. You it give, is. you give. If you want to receive, then you better be willing to give and, and be of service. And- and, and and give of yourself to a, to a scenario where um, you're not necessarily um, thinking about what's going to come back if anything does come back. But the trick for me, or the not the trick, but but the, the law for me ends up being um, being of service and then trusting the timing. Being of service and then trusting the timing, like consistently floating between those two concepts, being of service and then trusting the timing. And then you don't really choke it with, um, well, how am I going to get mine? 
how 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 am I going to succeed? And and I think that's the important thing to think about is just just to go through your life in such a way that you're of service. You know, it's interesting. I had a I, I listened to a talk with Wayne Dyer and Deepak Chopra. Oh, when you know when Wayne was alive, uh, it was probably about twelve, fifteen years, twelve, thirteen years ago. And they talk about um, there's only four ways to get what you want in life. There's only four ways. And I use an apple pie as an example, right? The first way to get an apple pie, if that's what you want, let's just use an apple pie, is to go and buy it, to go to the bakery and buy your apple pie. The second way to get an apple pie <gasps> is that you tell me to go and buy you an apple pie. So you give me $10 and you slide a few dollars across the table and you say, Barry, I've got a craving for an apple pie. Can you go and buy me one? So I'll go across the road and I'll get you the apple pie. So in a business, that's like having employees that go and do the work for you, right? The third way to get an apple pie is where humanity is at right now, which is you go to a scenario where you're craving an apple pie, you really want an apple pie, and all of a sudden, someone walks in, Debbie, and says, hey, uh, sorry, Debbie, I know we've just met, but is this your apple pie? <laughs> That's law of attraction. That's manifestation. That's aligning yourself with the apple pie without choking the intention of the apple pie of how it's going to come to you. That's when the apple pie comes. The fourth way and the last way is where humanity is going, I believe, which is God realization manifestation, which is, you know, you want the apple pie and you put your hand out and the apple pie materializes with the cherry on top in front of you. That is the way human beings are going. I believe that in my heart. It might not be tomorrow. It might not be next year. It might not be in a 100 years, but that is the way humanity is going, where we can have instant manifestation. The consciousness on the planet right now is we're just understanding. It's taken us a long time, but we're just understanding that thoughts become things. We're just now grasping it. And it's taken us thousands of years to grasp that. Like if you look back at scripture and, you know, if you look at, Christ saying, you know, with God, all things are possible. And then you think, well, what does that leave out? Nothing. It leaves nothing out. And it's funny. My new book is called Move the Mountain. And again, it's taken from a parable of Christ, you know, which is if you have the, the faith of a mustard seed, you will say to that mountain, move from here to there, and it will be done as to your will. Because mm -hmm. you've got to have the faith that it's possible and, and, and if we have that, and you know, we've got Christ teaching that 2000 years ago and human beings are still at the, Hmm, do I really think that's true? So we're at the level now where we're going, these conversations are becoming so fluid and so often that they're happening so often that all of a sudden people are going, Holy crap. This actually, this actually makes sense that thoughts mm -hmm. do become things. And if the chair that I'm sitting on is something real that someone thought of, why can't the future that I want be of the same frequency? Why can't cancer, beating cancer, why can't that be on the same frequency? And I was getting to the Star Wars thing. Sorry, I'm rambling, guys, but there's so much information to talk about. You know the moment in The Empire Strikes Back, Neo, where um, where Luke's moving, the four, uh, he, he's moving rocks with his mind with Yoda? Mm -hmm. On yeah. Dagobah, right? Yeah. So he's standing upside down, right? Mm -hmm. And and Yoda is sitting on his foot upside down, and and Luke's using the force mm -hmm. and he's stacking these rocks, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden his ship sinks further into the swamp. You remember that scene? Mm -hmm. And then he loses concentration and he mm -hmm. falls down, and the rocks go everywhere, and Yoda ends up on his head, and Luke ends up on his butt, and everything's a mess. 
and and he's like, oh, look at my shit. It's in the swamp. I'll never get it out now. And then Yoda, in his wisdom, says, well, you know, so certain are you, you know, that it's not going to come out. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you know, Luke's belief that the rocks and the ship are two different things when Yoda's trying to explain to him, for him to get it, that it's the same energy. The same energy moves the pebble that moves the mountain. It might look different in physical forms, but it is the same faith. It is the same energy. And once humanity grasps that, 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 you know, getting lucky and finding a car park is the same energy that makes a successful business. It's the same belief. Then all of a sudden life becomes a beautiful game of just going, what do I believe is true now? And all of a sudden, life matching that frequency with scenarios that are exactly in line with that belief. So it ends up being beautiful. And then the traumatic scenarios we have along the way, once we get over the trauma of it, open us up to more love and open us up to more um, feelings of thankfulness and gratitude. And, you know, God has an ultimate way of recycling emotions to show love. He's got a beautiful way of doing that. We just have to be open to get past our pain just a little bit, just a little bit. And all of a sudden we end up being beacons of light like we are on this show. Like it's just beautiful. George Lucas was definitely onto something with the force. I'm a hundred percent believer in it. And you, when you were talking about that, you brought to mind one of my, the biggest things that has stuck with me my whole life or yep. since I saw it in the movie was there is no spoon. Yeah, you know what movie? Yeah, there is no spoon. I'm just oh, I okay. I'm gonna do it. I'm just shrimp boating. Forrest Gump, Gump, just shrimp boating. Yep. The 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 storm is hit. Captain Dan's Mm. up on the thing, cussing God out. Where's your God now, Forrest? Right, right. And sure enough, the next day, well, God appeared. (laughs) They were just shrimp boating. Because they were yeah. they were filled with an abundance of shrimp. Yeah. But that's I love you guys. This was been this has been a blast. Yeah, Thank you. Dope, dope well, we we often actually go over on a Friday, by the way, and, and we're going to do it again. <laughs> and the reason we're gonna go do it again is there's one more thing I want to address because everything we have talked about here has been yeah. absolute beauty. Absolute beauty. But to yeah. be honest, there are going to be some people who mm-hmm. probably will never hear the program, but just in case they do, I want them to hear this segment. I'm thinking in particular of a guest who was on about a month ago. Mm-hmm. He calls himself Michael Unbroken. Michael has been through his, his childhood was the childhood from hell. His mom cut off his finger when he was five. His mom was a heroin addict who basically abandoned him for his entire life. His father was not existent. He had no role models to follow. His entire neighborhood was the hood, as it's often called. And it was the really bad side of the hood. Literally everything that happened to him throughout his entire growing up years was one trauma after another. Wow. So he didn't have the kind of background so many of us have. He didn't have any of the love from the parents. He didn't have any of the influences that we all rely upon. Mm -hmm. He managed somehow. On his own, the only thing he had to guide him was certain books that he found that we would all recognize. And those books helped him to get where he needed to be. And to the point where today he is a successful speaker, a multimillionaire, helping other people who've been through similar kinds of experiences from him. 
Mm. But that experience is so, so different. I want you to address that person who might mm. be listening in. They, they've been mm. through awful stuff and, mm. and they have all this baggage that they've been carrying on. Talk about carrying on stuff from prior generations. Mm. I mean, the, the generations that he was carrying were, were just like terrible. Mm. horrible absolutely mm. horrible and and so the baggage that comes along with that is absolutely horrible how absolutely. does that person break through? yeah you know what's interesting um, um i'm a big fan of the saying that um if you don't have self-love you can't give love to give away like if you don't have three oranges man you can't give away three oranges so this gentleman was it michael was it michael michael unbroken yeah. he calls himself yeah so so michael um I applaud his bravery and his courage and his tenacity for um, for loving himself despite his trauma because now it sounds like he's impacting the world in such a beautiful way. And I look at that scenario, well, and if Michael, with such a horrific background, can turn things around for himself, what excuse do the rest of us have? Like, seriously. With our, with our issues, you've got people with their fingers cut off. Like, how traumatic can you get? This is, that's basically war, war-based torture. Do you know what I mean? Like, how, mm. how bad is that? And if, if you're looking at your life right now, for that person, if you're that person or if you've had less problems than Michael, um, just identify what the next right move from love would look like for you. And when I'm stuck and when I'm in a situation where I feel really down or something hasn't worked out or something that I really thought would happen didn't happen, um, I just look at throwing myself in the value of people. Like I look at my external world and I'm like, who can I help right now? Like, like I want to take the pain off me and I want to throw myself in the value and service of someone else. And whenever I do that, um, lifting myself up is a, is a natural byproduct of that. So I guess I don't think any of us have all the answers, but I think we can, we can all agree that when you're of service to people from a space of love and from a space of value, that um, you, some of that love and that value rubs off on you, and then you end up being a much more appreciative and 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 um, gentle person within your soul to yourself. And I think that's the key here because a lot of people look at the world to help them, and they look at gurus and and motivational speakers and coaches and and you know there's some good ones out there as well, and I've seen some shonky ones as well. But I think that um, getting yourself back up is an internal job. You will, if you want to heal, you will seek out the right books, the right scenarios, the right meditation retreats, the right whatever you need. It'll come to you. It, man, God will give you, if you're open to it. But if you're not open to it, if you're stuck in the pain of the trauma, you're not ready. I'm letting you know, and 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 you might not be ready for years. But I know that you will be ready one day. And when that one day comes, if Neo's there for you or if I'm there for you or if Walt's there for you or Debbie's there for you or whoever's there for you, that that person will be there waiting and there to listen to the next right move for you. And, you know, that's the thing. I want to leave each show and uh, people ask me on each podcast, Barry, you know, what's any parting thoughts? And it's always, you know, just identify the next right move. Like, what does that look like for you? Is it a business? Is it ringing your accountant? Is it a cancer? Is it seeking alternative medicines? Is it talking to your doctor and getting chemo? What is that next right move? And once you're fueled with this inspiration and once, you know, someone fuels you, take that fuel and make it, like, action it. Do something in your world that provides that tangible outcome for yourself. That's so, yeah, I, don't, I love yeah. that. 
Absolutely mm. beautiful. This has been great. Um, I do need to get one other piece of information before we let you go, because yeah. there are going to be people who heard this who said, I need to know more about what Barry's telling me. So how do they find out more about Barry? Just just head to the website, barrynicolau.com. It's B-A-R-R-Y-N-I-C-O-L-A-O-U. Um, you'll see the new book on the landing page, Move the Mountain. That's coming out in um, November. Hopefully before. Thank you very much. Thank you. I've got a lot of testimonials for it. So it's uh, people are excited to see it. And I'm excited to write it because it's a beautiful space to be in when you're impacting the world in such a way. So yeah, we'll look forward to that. We will include a link to uh, the Barry Nicolau as well, so barrynicolau.com. So thank you, thank you Barry, once again for, for everything that you're doing. And and thank you. I, I, I always like to throw this extra thank you in now. I've been trying to do this more regularly. Thank mm-hmm. you on behalf of the people who you are impacting who you will never see. I love that. I love that. I love that. Because that's really what it's all about, helping the people you'll never, ever see. So on their behalf, thank you very much for what you do. And Neil and Debbie, thank you for what you're doing. My God, every (laughs) single week, it's wonderful. Thank you guys so much. I got to do a real shout out though. Real real quick. Tomorrow, don't don't forget, Unify Women Rising. Unify. (laughs) But something really special, the anti-nuclear prayer days are coming up on August 5th and August 6th. I've done a lot of preliminary interviews with some spectacular secretaries of state and all types of beautiful, incredible people who are gathering around the world for prayer against anti-nuclear weapons. And the fact of the matter is we couldn't be at a better time for this. So please look for that information. Walt will be sharing it out through LOA today. I guess and I am. Yeah, there and, we go. Okay, and Neo, it's done. And Neo. <laughs> yes, definitely. And I'm going to tell you guys, in. I'm on top of that. Neo Positivity Starts Become Think Summit, August 20th. Oh, yeah. Seven-time yeah. Emmy okay. Award winning, uh, Grammy <laughs> Award winners, Hollywood, <laughs> top industry. I got a bunch of great people. Nate, Nate Lesnick, Laura Brindale, everybody's going to be there. It's going to be a dope time. So make sure you guys Beautiful. register for that. This was plug time. I had to do it. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm glad you, well, both of those plugs are really important. So thank you guys very much. That was really good. So thank you, uh, everyone, in the live stream. Thank you to our podcast listeners everywhere. We will see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks. Thanks.